The wait is over. Over. Tell everyone you know. This is the key to your weekend. You're listening to Three Grams and a Mic podcast live from Australia. A new perspective on professional sports with your hosts, Cal, Axel, and Cotto. Click, listen, and enjoy. Good afternoon. I'm Graham Cotton, and welcome to the Three Grams and a Mic podcast. I'm joined by co-host Graham Kelly and Graham Foley. Welcome, guys. How are you feeling? It's a beautiful spring day, as we said last week. It's a bit hotter today. Yeah, g'day, Cotto. G'day, Axel. Very sultry today. Very I believe sultry. you've been for a ride, Kel, first in the <laughs> last 15 years <laughs> or something. I did. I, I drove to the corner and rode down the 100 <laughs> metres down Cotto, the road. You, you should have seen him when I pulled up in the ute at the gate here and he was there waiting and his, red, his, his face was as red as a beetroot, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd been here for half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and you still had a bunger afterwards. <laughs> you had to refuel. <laughs> Oh, dear me. Um, so, breaking news, guys. Uh, the AFL have finally made it official that the uh, this year's AFL Grand Final will be played in Queensland. First time it's been taken away from, from Victoria, as we mentioned last week. And the match start time will be 6.30 local time, Queensland time, which, uh, for those that are listening, not in, not in that state. It's 7.30 New South Wales, 7.30 Victoria, Tasmania and the ACT, or 7 o'clock in South Australia, 6 o'clock in Northern Territory, 4.30 in Western Australia. What do you think? What, what time's it on in Durban? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, no idea. Um, yeah, how, oh, how, how happy was Eddie about it? He got his night grand final finally. <laughs> Had to take it out of state sh- to get it. I'm assuming it's only night grand final because of the heat and the time of the year it's going to be played because it's going to be, is it late October? That'd be right, or even yeah, November? It's like, mm, when yeah, is the grand final? No, well, I, I it must be late 20, October. 20, late 20, October. 25th, 25th of October. Yeah, okay. So it's going to be pretty warm and humid in Brisbane, so yeah, interesting. the night grand final is... Do you so. reckon the Cox Plate had anything to do with it as well? Yes, it does. Because <clears throat> the Cox Plates run that Arvo. Yep. Yeah, okay. Because the rugby league were originally thinking about doing it on a Saturday. Uh, straight after it was actually, I think the rugby league one's the day after. Is it twenty fifth? Oh, back back to the yeah, back I'm to back. Sure. Yeah. I'm pretty the sure. Pretty sure. Festival of football. Big weekend. Don't, don't quote me. I'll check that out. But I'm pretty sure that's right. Uh, and the the AFL CEO Gillen McLaughlin announced also that the Gabba not only will host it, but Adelaide Oval will be the backup venue. Should unexpected circumstances rule out Queensland, isn't it the world we live in at the moment? We've got to have a plan B just in case. Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah, Perth would, uh, yeah, they wouldn't be real happy about that, I don't yeah, think. Perth that brand new stadium over there and uh, you know, McGowan, lots of games played. McGowan didn't play very good poker, though. No. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what would be funny. Given Palaszczuk's letting Tom Hanks in and the AFL guys and they're, they're justifying it by saying, oh, we need every dollar in the state we can get, but they won't open up so their tourist operators can make, yeah, can make money, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah. How funny would it be? If something does happen, it ends up in Adelaide. That will be a disaster for her because it's one week before the Queensland election. Yeah. And they're, they're banking on that being a big boost, you would think. Well, the polls at the moment aren't, uh, well, how can aren't it be a in her favour. How can it be so a real if boost? if that ends up in Adelaide, yeah. how can it be a boost? I mean, people, they'll be restricted how many people can go. No, no, but the fact that she's got the AFL grand final yeah, to, to Queensland yeah. is... Yeah. But yeah. if you can't capitalise on it, people can't go... 
Well, they've got the extra, water for extra 400 people in, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> no, but if, if you can't, yeah, you know, like just say Victorians see Queensland, and everyone knows what's happened in Queensland already, but if they said, um, you know, if that sort of brought a new market to them, but if they can't get across your border, what's the point? Mm. So you can only, you know what I mean, you're, you're restricted on how you're going to benefit out of this, to be honest. Mm. Maybe the AFL have opened the purse. Oh, that's what I think, the yeah. reverse. So yeah. They may have paid for the opportunity. To do it in Rugby League Heartland. Mm. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. AFL, the way their coffers are at the moment, wouldn't be paying for anything. I so what think. is the benefit, though? It's a good question. They can't. Yeah. How, many, how many people can they have at the grand final? Is I it think it's 30,000 30, 30, 30, okay. they're talking about. Even if you can have a full crowd. I mean, what, what percentage of the Queensland population is that? It's more about the chest beating of saying, we're the only place outside of Melbourne to host the AFL grand final. My understanding is no street parades, no um, you know fan signing autographs, all that sort of stuff. None of the usual grand final week build up. Yep. So you're not going to get what you would get in Victoria mm-hmm. in previous years. So it's interesting. I mean, I think they can at least hang the hat on say if it happens, which it should. But uh, that they're the only state ever to have it other than Victoria. Yep. yep. So that's something. That, that, New South that, Wales that, would be you know human, yeah. wouldn't it? Interest back to the timing of it. <coughs> do you think, regardless of the, the heat or, or whatever, it's actually the AFL have grabbed it and said, "This is a really good opportunity to see if a night grand final is the way we need to go." Because oh, there's been talk for yep. a good while about yep. it. Yep. Yeah, it's worth the experiment. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. and if they get the ratings through the roof, that'll be it for Could afternoon be. grand finals. Could be. Which would be a shame. Well, shame for those people that uh, get there at 10 o'clock in the morning and then have a at the MCG and bring the barbecue and the family along and sit there. If they've got to do that and sit there all day. The Boxing Day test into a day-night test. It's just some things, there's a natural order of sport and an MCG afternoon grand final is part of it. Right? Yeah. It won't worry Kel too much. He's only just got up anyway, so... <laughs> 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 He's been up all night. Other girl, you'll be, you know, you'll be happy about this news. Sean Borgoyne has just um, been offered one more year. He's, I believe, twentieth season. That is superb. He is a superb footballer and a superb individual. Yep. We bumped into him. Um, we were down at the the Hawks S, the Hawks um, shop at their training ground. Um, the kids were actually playing FIFA with. Chip Frawley, Brad Hill and Sammy Mitchell. And anyway, we were in the shop and Sean Burgoyne come in and you would think he can pick off what he likes, walk to the front of the line. He was at the counter in front of us and um, he said, oh, no, stood back and said, oh, no, you guys go first. And we had to get up off our knees and reflecting. <laughs> but um, he took photos with kids, the nicest guy you'd ever want to meet and... So humble for such a great footballer. Probably shouldn't say this on radio, but you're sure you didn't get down on your knees. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, 400. If he plays every game next year, we well, only need, he's on 387. Um, so he's fifth in the all-time for AFL VFL so, games. Yeah, let, let's so if he plays every game, and we don't know how many games it will be next year. How many rounds left this year, though? 
the great. Let's, he's got two to play on that, hasn't he? They've, yeah, they haven't played this yeah. week. Yeah, is he in this week? I haven't had a look. So let's so assume he is. Assume, he's, assume he is. He yeah, with the outs, he will be. So I know you've got a bit of trivia later, but who's who's the four players that have played four hundred plus games? Cotter. I've oh, no idea. It is Brent Harvey from the Ruse. Oh yeah. Michael Tuck from the Hawks. He's, who he's Googled this. Has also yeah. won the most grand finals for any player ever. Played the most finals games. Um, so Michael Tuck. Uh, oh, God. The next one's going to stump me because Dustin Fletcher's the guy after that. Dustin Fletcher played 400. So there's one in yeah. between. Yeah, yeah. Tuck um, and Fletcher. Robert Harvey? Kevin Bartlett oh, of course. 403 Baldy. games. Yeah. So Baldy. potentially Burgoyne, if he plays the majority of the season next year, will be third on the all-time list. So who, Tuck, Tuck's won the most grand finals, played the most finals games. Who's played the second most finals games? Probably Sean Burgoyne. Sean Burgoyne. he won a flag yeah. with Port and then obviously part of the yeah. dynasty. Then the Hawks. <laughs> Poached him like they poached most of their the, players. The biggest travesty. They don't develop many of them, yeah. do they? Like, it's, it's a, a common theme here by teams you follow. <laughs> it's the elitist. It's the elitist of the room, is oh, it? The Roosters, uh, okay, the Hawks, they just buy their squads. Burgoyne's been Sam around. Mitchell, I remember, he's been pinched, wasn't he? Yeah, from the draft. <laughs> <laughs> they would have paid somebody for that pick. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on. Tragedy of Sean Burgoyne. His career, I reckon, is one All-Australian. Yeah, he's been a good footballer. Much one All-Australian. I thought in 19 years. Yeah. yeah. Wow, and all those dominating On a half-back flank, he would have, yeah. He, he, Such he, a versatile footballer. He created the Hawthorne three-peat. Well, the I was there at the game. Best game I've ever been at. Um, took my daughter down because it was obvious Buddy was going and we couldn't afford to go to a grand final, so we went to the prelim. Down by 18 points, 20 points at three-quarter time against Geelong. The curse is running, the Kennett curse. Burgoyne single-handedly turned it around turn it around in that quarter. And without that win, that three-peat, whether Hawthorne win any grand final after that is questionable. No, it's good football. Yeah. Um, maybe he didn't stand out, like because he had such good teams in the Hawks. You know, maybe he didn't vote as well as some of the other players. Yeah, I, I reckon it was more... <coughs> Clarkson just he was Mr. He is Mr. Break glass. You got trouble, throw him in the middle. We had yeah, a Mr. Fix up front. And yep. He went up front. Yep. Went down back. He was yep. everywhere. Yep. Yeah. Seeing cricket news, is a bit, believe it or not, that we're playing cricket now. Uh Aussie cricket is in crisis as uh, Channel Seven has definitely pulled out of the broadcast deal. Uh reportedly it's gonna cost about four hundred and fifty million dollars. Uh, you might remember in 2018 they pinched the free-to-air broadcasting rights from Channel 20 uh, from Channel Nine, sorry, after a 40-year stranglehold. So, big news. Have they come out and said why? Why yeah, have they? Why have they, 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 they reckon that they're supplying an inferior product because right. the BBL won't have the Australian players um, in it, and they they have a lack of imports. Cricket Australia are saying, oh, hold it, maybe, maybe you can't pull out of this deal because we're still providing you with the Big Bash League mm. 
um, and we believe it's going to be of adequate standard. So most of the Australian players haven't played in the BBL for years anyway. No, they, no they're always travelling or playing. They, they play bits and pieces of it, but hardly ever. You know, what are they out all all together now? Um, well, I'm not sure. I must admit, I don't know the timing of it. Because if that's I the case, know. they have a fair argument. They, they, um, are they running it when India are touring here? Yeah, it'd, it'd, what's it'd be a shame if they couldn't broker a deal there. Like they've obviously they've they've bought those rights based on some sort of return. Should they not go back and say, "Well, okay, we've budgeted on this sort of return, and if we're getting this, then we're only going to pay you X amount." Yeah, I think that's you know what I mean. Rather, I think than Channel Nine did the same, didn't they? During yeah, the NRL the negotiations, I reckon the BBL struggled last year, and yeah, there was talk about the season being too long and. On all sorts of things, and seven are going. Oh shit! Maybe what we've bought isn't as good as we thought it was. Yep. Um, if, if you're the <coughs> the vendor, do you have to give a refund? I don't think so. Particularly if Cricket Australia budgeted <laughs> and, and built their structures around this broadcast deal, just because crickets waned. Whatever well, it depends reason. what's in the contract. There, there must be a lot out, of stuff. Must be there. an out clause in there for them just yeah. to say, "No, I'm taking that out." Otherwise, it's going to be a pretty big legal yeah, stash. Yeah. Or, or is it? Is it? They just. So is this the first step in yeah. renegotiating? Yeah, is, yeah. It, is this how you get it on the table? Yeah. Yeah. So you might remember the CEO of Channel Seven, James Warburton, said some months ago, weeks ago, that they're the most incompetent administration he's ever come across. Mm-hmm. And then Channel 9 said about the NRL. Y- yes, yes. <laughs> it seems um, a common theme with broadcasters. <laughs> it's almost a mirror image, yeah. to be honest. Um, but he also said that, uh, you know, there's a lack of, a, you know, you just mentioned it, girl, lack of international stars, and it, they've put him on notice. And the reason for it was that the competition shouldn't be of, of a lesser standard than in the past – and if that's what they negotiated originally. So we don't know what the terms of that agreement were, but assuming it was, you know, this is what we're going to be delivering, uh, would you, you know, be a part of it? And they would have said, yeah, if that's the product. But if the product changes, I think they're in their rights to argue it. But does the product change? I mean... I would have thought a four-test series of it against India is going to be a little pretty, pretty you know, hotly fought contest... Um, there's a lot of Indians that live in Australia that love their cricket. Yeah. Um, and they're always good clashes, Australia-India. Yeah, India, so, yeah. Um, I, I don't think it's any different than the, the NRL. They they argued that the product had you know, changed. AFL would be doing the same because it did change. The AFL has shortened the, the games. The NRL changed the product altogether the, with this. The cricket rules. aren't doing any of that. But except for bringing players over. So all, all you want is the stars back in. So put all the... Australian players and national stars in one team <laughs> and let them play against the rest, you'll have an inferior product mm-hmm. to letting all those Shield players, Josh Filipe, some of the guys that are on their way through, David Warner started in this format. 20 years ago. And then made his way through the test team. No, yep. So you might actually find these guys can still hit a lot of sixes, mm. bowl fast, knock stumps over. So I, I think the product... Potentially could be more exciting. Is it? Is it just the big bash? Because the traditionalists are always going to watch Test cricket if yeah. it's on the telly. So that's that's a given. I would have thought no, those people are going to continue to watch Test cricket. They're trying so to pull India, the deal. India is still coming over. I'd say that it's a money issue for for seven, the organisation. Yeah, seven are trying to pull yeah. the deal. They're yeah. trying to get out of it. Nine were in the same boat. Yeah. 
So T20s, Australia lost the series. Um, all Actually, it was 2-1. All the games were decided by a total of only four runs. So it was two one-point victories and a two-point victory. Mm. Interesting, isn't it? It was. And the one day uh, overnight, uh, Australia won by 19 runs. Josh Hazel took three for 26. Yep. He had um, Maxwell two had for five after six overs at one yeah. stage, three yeah. maidens. And Maxwell had uh, got 77 Oh, 59, Axel. Mm. Uh, that's good for good for Glenn. He was due for a due for a hit, but wow, he's an exciting cricketer once he's going. Mm. He hit four fours and four sixes. So well, before they got going, they were five for one twenty three off twenty four yeah. overs, and he, he and ended up with two ninety four. Interesting. So. Yeah, I mean, Mitchell, uh, Maxwell got vilified last week. Yeah, yeah. going this way, and the bloke who saved us in the last T twenty and played it well again last night, I believe, is. Mitch Mars, yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably got the it's same amount on the of allegation yeah. there. So just and Hazel, Hazelwood couldn't crack the team there last year. Either. He couldn't either. No. The one day team. Yeah. So the Indian tour for Tess. At this stage, it's going ahead. Where will they play? Sydney, Brisbane, Adla- well, Brisbane. You, Adla- oh, <laughs> will they think Adelaide's will a chew in because that's where the, our guys are coming back to quarantine. So will there be a hub? Will there be four tests in Adelaide? That's what I'm hearing. Oh, wow. Mm. Four tests in Adelaide. Four tests in Adelaide. All day nighters? If that's, so that's, <laughs> the, that's the contingency <laughs> that, that plan if they India. can't get things under control, particularly in Melbourne. So Boxing Day test at the yeah. Adelaide Oval. It'd stir the, uh, the Vicks up a little bit, I think. No, AFL Grand Final, that Boxing Day test. Because oh. so, uh, there is concern. They don't have a, a big window. They can't play. They can't extend it much longer. So the two-week... You know, normal uh, quarantine period. They even said they won't come unless that's waived. So they'll, yep. There's um, a bit of talk of that happening at the moment, but as as we know with uh, uh, MCC, they'll leave that to the last minute to make that decision. So mm, big one, though. That is a big one. Tennis, uh, former president of Tennis Australia, cast out whether the Australian Open will actually run in 2020, well, 2021, because it's in January next year. Another one to get another out one. Of Melbourne. It's, it's the next month after the Back to yeah. Boxing White. Day test. Yeah, oh, White City in Sydney. He said, uh, "So this is um, I should have had his name. Yeah, I haven't written it down. Um, I can't really imagine how you can get all the players and quarantine them for a period. If that's what we have to do and keep them in a bubble and keep everybody safe, it's going to be complicated and so risky. And you know, some of these players like Djokovic, and we'll talk about him in a minute, have shown that they can't can't do it." Is their facilities big enough in Brisbane or Sydney to house an Australian Open? No. It'll be a smaller pilot version of it. They would never be able to do it. Griffith, is there a chance? <laughs> Griffith. <laughs> get, get the Put net some up in the old um, nurses' quarters again. Used to wag sport and play tennis on the nurses' court. So I just mentioned... <laughs> you weren't on the tennis court. <laughs> <laughs> Your nurse's corner is doing something else. Your wife's a nurse, isn't she? No, no, Jack. No, I don't think she played tennis either. Um, During the week, uh, did something that we, Novak Djokovic guys, did something during the week that um, I can't condone. Uh, Hit a ball deliberately at a potentially. You reckon it was deliberate? Well, he hit it very hard. Just happened to hit her in the throat. And she was directly behind him. And uh, I didn't see the game, so I don't know if it was better. a bad call. Well, I, he, disqualification was, was all right. Oh, but I don't think there was any malice or intent. And it, 
I don't think he hit it that hard either. These guys are so accurate. There's no need for him to do it. He wasn't looking. He turned he like that get and went whack. I'd love to go back, back and have no, a look no, at the, he the footage. Did no, he get turned a, his head. Did he get a bad line call? At some that's what I want to know. That's games. what I think. I have seen the match. No, it was, she, she was on the, the service line, yeah. the centre service line. Yeah. So. So she, yeah. Uh, anyway, I think he's got enough form to suggest it might have been delivered. <laughs> Please, all you Serbian we fans, yeah, we don't get hate mail here. Do yeah. we? we haven't it's yet. It's Graham Cotton. <laughs> Let's say that Cotton, C O T T O N. I'll give you their phone number. His phone number in a minute. Um, in other news, Serena Williams won't have the opportunity to um, beat Margaret Court's record. She uh, failed in the semi-finals, I think. Yeah, I'm pleased about that because if she's going to do it, don't do it with an asterisk. Because <laughs> there's a huge asterisk. Six of the top ten women not there. I mean, Ash Barty's not going to the French either. They come out oh. during the week. Yeah. Um, so when is the French Open? It's November, is it? Yeah, that's um, soon. Yeah, because Wimbledon's not running at all this year. Um, so all the Grand Slams bar one could potentially be gone. French, potentially. If gone. it doesn't run, there's eight thousand cases today of um, that were. In, in France, and that um, that were that were tested positive, eight thousand cases in one day, and they still won't cl- um, crack down or lock down. Wow! So you know, in another month or two, geez, I don't know. True, anything could happen. So, and people are having a crack at Barty for saying I'm not going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fair dinkum. Yeah. I mean, a bigger country and all that than here, but still, yeah, not that much bigger. No, not in. Yeah, Population-wise. Yeah, just small. I mean, yeah. Concentrated, yeah. So, rugby league um, news and what do you know? Phil Gould's in the in the media again. So, Phil Gould breaks his silence over a, a Griffin, uh, Adrian Griffin, Anthony, sorry, Griffin feud amid some spiteful rumours that are floating around, he alleges. Uh, Phil Gould um, cleared the air over his relationship with Anthony Griffin, which surfaced... Um, Years ago, he was the director, or what was he, the Coach general manager, or yeah. Yeah, general manager of yeah. Penrith Panthers, and Anthony Griffin, who was coaching Penrith at the time, who were travelling in fourth spot with only a few weeks before the finals, was sacked by Gus Gould. He's got his finger in every bloody pie, hasn't he, Gus Gould? <laughs> Honestly, he has. Well, he did a review that wasn't a review of St George the at the end of last year, yeah. Do you reckon he recommended Anthony Griffin get the job? Uh, no. The review? <laughs> no, I don't think so either. Uh, he's um, rejected the suggestions that somehow he was sabotaging that appointment um, you know, through the media. Through, and he's also had a falling out with his long-time friend uh, and manager, Wayne Beavers. Um who've been friends for 40-odd years. So there's a lots of stuff going on, and he's saying that um, he should have, Wayne, who's also Anthony Griffin's manager, should have cut off all the crap that was going all on. the innuendo. Mm. If it was indeed, uh, even if he had any in- input into it, Wayne Beaufort, so it is. So it's interesting, but... Um, I saw something similar to this <laughs> the, other, the other week. There was a couple of kids in the sandpit at preschool. <laughs> <laughs> Tossing the, coys, yeah. the toys out of the collies. So tell me, what, why has Griffin come out and said this about Gould? What, what's, what's he hasn't said anything about Gould. Oh, hasn't he? No, not at all. He, he just said that um, 
he's looking forward to coaching, you know, blah, 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 did yeah. all that sort of stuff. Gus Gould has come out and said that, that there's allegations made by Fox. There were. The, the Fox. Yeah. The Fox journos have been pushing for Griffin right. to get the job. Griffin's yeah. Griffin's been on their show. Or to for be the considered fairly years. for it, yeah. Uh, they've been pushing for him to get the job. <laughs> just so they <laughs> just like they're pushing for Seabold to get the, the arse. They've been Everybody pushing. was doing that, though. Yeah. Channel 9 were as well. So they've been pushing Griffin. Griffin's been on their shows for the last two years. Yeah, he has. And you've got the Gould Media saying, well, hold it, let's have a look at his record like Andrew Webster and saying, really, what has he done? Um, Do you know where he ranks, Anthony Griffin? In what? Wins, percentage. It's like 50%. Which is... Interesting. Interesting. Fourth or fifth in the league. So does um, that not beg a question? How do you come to get sacked twice if you've got that record? Yeah. Uh, uh, Is there something else there? Sounds like he loses the playing group a little Correct. bit. Correct. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit well, like... Well, we don't really know, but that's, that's possible. I, I reckon the right appointment there was Maguire. Because I don't think he's going to last at Tigers. <laughs> I don't think anyone could last at Tigers. They've got potential. They just seem to... you know, they, Well, they finished ninth, what, three or four years in a row. They must have potential. But they, they just don't have that. Look, they have Josh Reynolds, Russell Packer and Moses Mumbai taking up a fair chunk of their salary cap until they get rid of those three. Two of them can't even stay to watch a full game. Yeah. Yeah. What was that all that, about? That wasn't good. That not Is that good. really what happened? I mean... They oh. left. And you know what's got doing my head in there? You've got the Fox journos who are pushing Griffin saying, oh, it's weak from the club to leak that they left. Someone had to leak... Mm. To the journos that they left. Well, not everybody that was watching it. <laughs> Jeez, the journos you got a big part to play. Oh, I, I, I'm just thinking, how can you run that story yeah. saying it's the club's fault for leaking the fact that they left to the journos? So, so if they don't leave, there's nothing to leak, yeah. and them leaving was. So, is not there a bit of money. a free to air um, versus subscription TV war going on here in through rugby league circles? Potentially, I think there's because an ego war going because on. Because Gould's employed by nine, mm. yeah, I think it's probably more just an ego war. Some of them are because I think I'm pretty sure the Fox guy um, used to be in charge of Channel Nine too. I'm pretty sure um, right. Crawley. Mm. Yeah, correct. Yeah, so could be. Yeah. Anyway, Formula One news: Ferrari uh, is preparing for their one thousandth Formula One race this weekend. Pretty amazing number. And they're racing at a track in Tuscany at a place called Mugello, which is their um, their home circuit, zoned by the Ferrari team or Scudera, as they're known. And um, I always thought Imola was the Ferrari. Yeah, so did I. But this must be a new home ground. No one's ever raced there before, so this is the first time. But listen, these this is their practice track, is it? Possibly, yeah. So listen, this record they've um, achieved in their. Thousand races, sixteen constructors championships. So that's like the team championships, guys. Fifteen drivers titles, two hundred thirty-eight wins. That's a pretty, pretty low number, isn't it? Of a thousand, <laughs> just joking. And two hundred twenty-eight poles from seventy-eight different models, so different car models. Two thirty-eight wins from a thousand wouldn't keep your job in um rugby league. In other sports, that's for sure. But so, know, so my wife's a big F one fan. Um, she wasn't real happy that uh, who's the, who's the current 
Ferrari driver, ex-world champion. Yeah, Vettel. Vettel. Vettel's Sebastian. just signed with one of the other. One of the other. Oh, he's signed with someone else? Yeah, he's signed oh, with okay. someone else for next year. So you should have known that before you come on here, mate. Yeah, I know, sorry. McLaren will pull on <laughs> out of... I need McKayley on here as a guest speaker. McLaren will pull on out of Formula One as well. Or is it Williams? No, Williams. It was the family Ricardo would be out of a drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. McLaren just... So, uh, and they're going so well now. They're about, yeah. th- they're about third, I think, in the championship. So the last time someone out of Ferrari, Mercedes and Red Bull actually won a Formula One race, when do you think that is? Out of Ferrari, Ferrari Mercedes... Mercedes and Red Bull. Mercedes won not last week and the weekend before. Yeah, no. Which which other side? So oh, those three outside, outside have those three constructors yeah. last weekend. Who was the last one? I, I oh, it was, I, the, uh, it was Williams the or Renault or uh, Red Bull. McLaren Red Bulls or, um, uh, under what are they called? Under studies. Uh, one of them. El Toro. Yeah, one last weekend. Gasly. Yeah. Yep. Pierre Gasly won last weekend in an El Toro oh. car. Not not a championship. I'm talking about a race. Is that what we're talking about? Formula One race. Yeah, yeah. he won on the weekend. So Hamilton um, got, had got forced into the pits. You don't believe me? I watched it. Did he? Yeah. Oh. Well, that, that'd be the first time since 2012, He's I believe. He's getting with you, McKayley, for yeah. setting Check it out. 2012. <laughs> 2012. Yeah. Since the last who, time. Who was that? That's was the that first a, time then, last that, weekend. Yeah, 2012. Was that, who was that? Renault or? McLaren. McLaren. So yeah. Pierre Gasly used to. Drive for Red Bull. I'm just going to Google it and check. Ring <laughs> <laughs> mate. And he, he went back to the seconds. He got dropped. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was this because the race there was an anomaly. There was a car a car incident. I think it was actually it was a Ferrari, a Ferrari that crashed. And um, so what happened was uh, Hamilton had the opportunity to go into the pits. Yep. But when he went into the pits, the red lights were on. He couldn't enter the pit lane. So he should have kept on going, but he didn't. He went in there, so he didn't. Got you know, a few Bentley. more laps, got yep. Bentley, and had to go in and pit. Yep. And then just because of the order, Gasly soon got pushed up the front, and he'd already made a change just before that, and so he was in well, you know, in his great position, and he had to last like thirty odd laps. And he, it's the first race he's ever won, and it happened to be in a, the second, like the understudy to Red Bull. So, and like you said, Hamilton has yeah. been dominating. Yep. So. Yeah, it's big news. Um, but thanks for that, Axel. Well done, Cotter. <laughs> I actually <laughs> watched it. Yeah, you watched it. <laughs> uh, Premier League in uh, Premier League football or Premier League soccer or EPL, as it's also known, uh, have told, not asked, the UK government to get their grounds open. Um, uh, they've cancelled a number of events in recent weeks and in a strongly worded statement, uh, um, the Premier League condemned the... The government strict limits on numbers and blah 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 blah, and it claims it's costing the football about a million pounds a month, incredible money, and will lead to significant job <laughs> losses. Like a million or a hundred million? I was going to say cut Lionel Messi. Hundred million pounds that. a month. Hundred million a month. Yeah, and that you know, if they don't do something, then there'll be up to a hundred thousand people that'll be lost, you know, losing their jobs very shortly. And maybe maybe cut some of those players' wages back a little bit, and hundred thousand people don't have to lose their jobs. Yeah, yeah. never no, in the equation, is it? No, that's I mean that's ridiculous. It starts this weekend. It does. It does actually, it? starting before it finished, or <laughs> it feels like that anyway. They've only been stopped for a couple of weeks, and yeah, Liverpool won, didn't they? 
Oh, I can't remember that last <laughs> year. <laughs> uh, now, basketball news, just quickly, um, we, we, a few episodes ago we talked about the bubble and, and how um, you know, we were concerned that the players wouldn't be able to withstand the, the, the um, I don't know, the, the, the influences. The yeah, and, and, and all the possible influences that are outside that. So news is they're in the semi, they're in the finals now. They're in the second round. Houston are playing uh, the LA Lakers, and they're down three one. Their player, Daniel House, forward Daniel House from the Houston Rockets, uh, was uh, has been removed from the bubble because uh, <laughs> he had a guest in his hotel room over multiple hours on the se- on September eighth, uh, who was not authorized to be on can- campus. Said the NBA. And uh, so he's now lo- no longer allowed to participate with his team for the remainder of the season. And, um, you know, I don't know. Is he a good player? He's a starting, or if not, you know, okay. in the rotation. Hey, um, what happened with Sydney Stack and Callum Jones? Same sort of thing, was it? Well, that they um, they went out and spent time with at, um, on Orchid Avenue in the Gold Coast. <laughs> <laughs> Stress uh, relief. Yes. They're still what in happened? Queensland because Palaszczuk wanted them sent home, didn't she? Oh, they haven't been. They haven't been I don't think they got sent home, did they? I don't know. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not aware that they have either. So they hired a car and drove home. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, Maybe I New South Wales wouldn't well, let them in. Yeah, <laughs> you you want them in there? You keep them. Yeah, I don't think they got sent home. I think there's some other news in there about um, the the girlfriend of one of those players. Uh, yep. No, that's Elijah Taylor, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. No, not that player, but players that have been through that sort of same COVID breaches. Yeah, so Probably the big AFL news for the week is that there was no COVID breach. <laughs> <laughs> so other news, Kel, you've you've got, oh not news, you've got a um, quiz for us, have yeah, you? No, 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 no. no. Oh, there's I, more I, news. I, yeah, I mean, you do a great job chasing up all that news, Cotto, but gee, you missed some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Fair dinkum. He didn't miss the Formula One though. He's no, 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 but he's right on the nose. He yeah. has missed Kiwis ecstatic. Ricky Parway and Nick Hornstein had a cracking time winning the 13th World Egg Throwing Championships. Oh, so they're egg static. I thought you just mispronounced it. Egg tossers from Australia, Spain, Japan, Belgium, Ireland participated in the event held by the World Egg Throwing Federation. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to know if they got any of the dough in that sports wrought stuff. (laughs) So, yeah, throwing the eggs easy, catching without breaking is a hard bit. The exact distance of their winning throw is not known. <laughs> Where but does he get that? <laughs> but, um, There's a reason why I missed this by the sound of it. What is interesting that Powie and Chris Richards hold the world record for egg tossing. Give me a guess. They, they're tossing it vertically they're, or? They're, no, they're throwing it at each long, other. You throw ways. it and you've got to catch yeah. it without breaking. I'll go 15 metres. Oh, 40 metres. 93.6. Wow. And just quarter. to be able to peg it that far is... And it's is obviously, awesome. it's not boiled or anything. Have to be. <laughs> no, I wouldn't have thought so. No? No. <laughs> to be some more research and let us know next week, Kel. Oh, yeah. I heard that the reports yeah, are that... It could be a rort. All the reports coming out that they had a smashing good time, though. <laughs> <laughs> not if it was boiled. Boom, boom. They certainly whipped their opposition. <laughs> 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 
There's enough of these reports, <laughs> I reckon. Kel. <laughs> All right, what's what's and you've got a quiz for us or not? No, oh, no, we've got no, more you, reports. You've missed the Griffith oh. City under 15s. Oh, Scorching you. hot. Two goals today. Oh yeah, that's three weeks in a row we've scored. Super. Well, the other team scored. Unbelievable. We could have scored five and made the draw, but <laughs> no, <laughs> so that's five two in two weeks, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and um, we missed. We, we're missing one of our runners today. They are. Those kids are going. Well done, yeah, boys. Going real good. Well done. I'm. Um, I'm going home to put in the application for the A League license. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe the coaching's under review. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> probably should be. So, quiz. Quiz time. Axel, you might be a bit more across this than Cotto, but with his F1 stuff, yeah, he's he, knows <laughs> his, yeah, he knows his he's stuff. He's a closet supporter of every sport. Yeah, he's a closet lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> what do these guys have in common? Darren Jarman, Gavin Wanganeen. Damien Hardwick, Blake Carousella, Cameron Mooney, Darren Jolly, Byron Pickett, Sean Burgoyne and Stuart Jew. I know this answer. They all played AFL. <laughs> all, all flag winners. You're both right at this point, but I need a bit more than this. Stuart Jew never Oh, and they've coached. Burgoyne's still playing. Oh, no, he's playing, yeah. <laughs> Read the list again. Darren Jarman, Gavin Wanganeen, Damien Hardwick, Blake Carousella, Martin Pike, I missed him, um, Cameron Mooney, Darren Jolly, Byron Pickett, Sean Burgoyne, <laughs> Stuart Jew. No, they've all won a flag that's about, you know, there's obviously something on top of that. They've all won more than one flag. More than one flag. Okay. But that's not the answer, is it? No. No. Uh, one... Flags with different, different clubs. clubs. Yeah, well done. Yeah. Nice. So who'd Wengerling play with? Oh, you Port Adelaide. Essendon, yeah. yeah. Port. Yeah. Yeah. Pike. Uh, how about that? Pike, Pike was that North too, Brisbane. Pike. Over news. Who Wengerling played for. There you go. Oh. See? That's a good guess. That, that's the only lot. How many nah, was No, there was a few more. There's more. But, um, yeah. yeah. We only had so much time. We, all right. we got you, all the Hawthorne ones in there. Uh, name the five colours of the Olympic rings Which we should mention It's 20 years since the, the Olympics Closing centre Only mm. this week I think. You should know this colour So Which the five colours Sydney ones yeah. I think in 2020 Yeah 20 years <laughs> um, What was it So the five colours Yeah uh, I know red's one Yellow's another mm-hmm. I believe White is one. Seems strange, but it is. Um, white on a white flag. Green, no, blue, and green, green, blue and black. Green's, green's one. Green, blue and black. Nice. Oh, there you go. Combo. Yeah. couple of quick oh, ones. It's, it's right. the alternate flag I was talking about. <laughs> what fruit is on top of the men's Wimbledon trophy? Mm. I didn't know there was fruit on top, to be honest. An apple? No. Nah. Be important when Cotto rolls around later. When he rolls around. <laughs> with his, with not his a date, is week, it? When his tip of the week rolls around. <laughs> I just saw the worst kick I've seen in AFL by Della. Don't change the topic. <laughs> <laughs> my 50 metres. It's, it's a pineapple. 
Oh, okay. All right. In bowling. Yeah. Isn't well, that interesting well, that at Wimbledon, they've got a pineapple on top of the trophy. They don't even grow them. What did you say about Cotto before when he turns around? <laughs> Rolls over. <laughs> well, I don't know. I was he reminds over. me of a pineapple. I'm not rolling over for anybody. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Bowling. This, this relates to you too, Cotto. In bowling, what is the term for three consecutive strikes? Oh, in bowl, uh, yeah. in ten pin bowling. Yeah, it was just a big rolling around. Um, ten pin bowling, three strikes. Yeah, got nothing. Yeah, it's a turkey. Oh yeah, I've heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have heard it before, but I didn't. Another know reference that. to Cotto. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> There's some right. chicken on you today, yeah, Cotto. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Kerry must have said that she rang <laughs> rang me during the week or something. Who holds the world record for the 100 metre in women's sprinting? I assume you mean athletics. Yes. Mmm, the 100 metre. Who was, who was the American that uh, she got? Uh, Steroids? Yeah. Um, What's her name? Marion. Marion Jones. Jones. Yeah. It's not her, obviously, no. because it. They would have been disqualified. Yeah. There's another. There's another Jamaican. There's another one. I'm thinking that American, isn't she? Yep. And she is uh, probably uh, got through the system before. Yeah, Griffin Joiner. Yep. Flojo. Flojo. Well done, Lawrence Griffin Joiner. And she got yeah. She ten point four nine. She still holds the record today. Eighty eight. And she was later tested and. Proved to be positive. Yeah, because she, she passed uh, away at yeah, like she, yeah. 40, yeah. early yeah. 40s. Yeah, no, might have yeah. younger, yeah. So, yeah, no, no proof, so she's obviously innocent, but you She's a great character, that, though, at the that time. Balco was running around. Yeah, she had the before. long, flowing hair, didn't she? She had the, oh, yeah. all the makeup, big the yeah, fingernails yeah, yeah. and all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, the, um, to- um, the hot topic that we're going to talk about this week, Kel, is the rebuilding of a... Football club, we're going to focus on an AFL team, uh, is if we were, I guess, the board or not? Well, I don't, I don't know. Um, Assuming we've replaced the board with a new board coming yeah, in. Yeah, I was going to say, because, because you've got to start with the You've got to get the board right first, yeah. I reckon. And we're just going to assume we are the right ones. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you looking for in a board? Money. <laughs> Um, um, you're looking you'd at want different, influence. different skill sets. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah that's diversity key. is yep. a big one, but yep. experience. Yep. You, you need proven experience. Varying yeah. Level. yeah, not right across the board because some, at some point you've got to start your journey on a board. So you don't have to. It's a bit like <laughs> you're playing list. You, you do need an experienced leader, I reckon. Yep. Um, a leader in. What field? Any field? No, no, I think uh, uh, as, a, as a leader, someone that can stand in front of, you know, when there's a crisis, they can be that leader that says, right, this is like um, Peter Valandis has been in rugby league. We're going to drive it, we're going to go this way, follow yeah, me. Yeah, I, I, I'm... That, that is certainly one type of leader that, that works as a, as a chairman. You Maybe can also good. have, like Hawthorne had um, Andrew Newbold, who I reckon was our best ever. Chairman, but who was the Essendon guy? We were talking about him last Paul week. Paul Little. 
Paul Little yeah. was great. Yep. 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 Newbold was fantastic. The AFL pinched him. Jeff Kennett was great too, wasn't he? No, I'm not a big <laughs> Jeff fan. You're not? No. Wow. No. Too outspoken? Yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, he, he puts his nose in where it's not But he wasn't, was he, he was the chairman? He, he wasn't the chairman. He's he? won one flag as a chairman, 2008. Right. Okay. Newbold was there for the real successful period. Kennett was good. Kennett's a good change agent. Yeah. But I, I don't think he's um, someone that is going to see you long term. Um, personal opinion. Mm-hmm. He's obviously done a lot of wonderful things. I just think you, blue and stuff I think like that. What I was going to say, you need a quality chairman. Whether they're male, female, whatever, it doesn't really matter. But they need to be quality. They need to be have probably experience in that position. In the and, past. and they've got to be willing to drive the the agenda, the, whatever that the is, the culture that you yeah. want. Be yeah. that integrity. Yeah, accountability, those sorts of things. Before we get to the that point, though, do you have to have the right structure for your organisation? You know how, like these days, you know, clubs are, um, you know, membership based, and you know you got different versions of clubs. You know, so the voting rights and all that change. Do you have to have that right as well? I think the board would probably set that. If you got the board right, then they would set the. Well, they, the organisational structure, the... You know, it could be why what, they what voted in, though, right? So if the members elect certain people onto a board because of the, the way it's structured, and if they want that change, so that... It's probably the most difficult change you have to make because mm. most of the members are quite uneducated as to when people are being put up for the board and often the board, a couple of people have stepped down and the board will recommend... Yeah. Two more people come in and there's not too much hullabaloo. If you find yourself with that split where you've got a another um, ticket trying to take over the board, generally your club's, your club's in a pretty Well, most of the members way. are going to pick ex-players, let's face it, because that's who they know and they go, geez, that guy was a good footballer. That and doesn't mean came that... Across, I, that's yeah. exactly what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. As Kel's talking about uneducated mm. supporters... Mm. Um, these guys are going to run a football club, which is now a big business. Yeah, so it's um, if they haven't got, got have the runs on the board, if you've got yeah. all ex-footballers on there. Not to say that all ex-footballers haven't got good business skills as well, because some of them, some yeah, of them yeah. have. Some yeah. of them are running successful businesses now too. Yeah, but it's more so the Same skill set of what what they bring to the table. Could you imagine plug a locket? Baza Hall, Gordy Dallas, <laughs> 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 running running your yeah. club. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, you got to be careful. There, there's sure. a spot for them on the board. But maybe one spot, um, but so, you're right. So that's where I was getting at the structure needs and the the, I guess the the formation of the organisation needs to be right too. So you get that balance right. So yeah. you don't end up with six or seven former players that have no capability of delivering, and that could be ha- that could happen if that that's not right. Well, constitutionally, a charter right. you'd need to say. So it's constitution. This is right? what we're looking for in a board. This is. The skill set we need spread yeah. across. Try and fill it. Six people, seven people, eight people, however many that be. I don't think you want too many board no, members. Than, you get, more than get to ten or twelve, and it starts to get too so hard to get things through. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, at that point you start wondering whether they're just on the gravy train. Yeah, fundamentally you want stability, don't you? Once you get them in there as well. Absolutely. Yeah, and that, I think that's you know you see the clubs that struggle. It can be the the common denominator is this. 
lack of unity going on behind the scenes, this internal fighting and bickering. Once that happens, it's amazing how often that team struggles on the field, isn't mm. it? You, know, you go through numerous examples. Rugby league, I can give you a few. Yeah, I was going to say, provided they're all on the, the same path, then you're a chance. It's like a business. You've got to be on the same path. Pick your path and, and go it. That's, yep. And it's interesting because Richmond, not so long ago, not, not long before their what was it, 2017 premiership, maybe 2016, you had another ticket threatening to roll the board. But the one thing the Richmond board had at least was they were all on the same path. There yeah. wasn't infighting in the board. This was actually from without when people are saying, hey, we're performing crap, we're going to replace you. Um, and now people look at them and go, wow, Brenda, mm. Grau, Brenda Gow's doing a fantastic mm. job as CEO there. And, yep. um, no, you're right. It could have gone pear-shaped because yeah. that, the history of that football club, particularly through the 80s and the early yeah. 90s, was, you know, that they were they were a club in crisis for Dump a long time. Dump on um, Danny Frawley's. Yeah. They were financially in trouble too, weren't they? Yeah, they, they had they, they, huge problems. The members bailed them out at one stage, is my understanding. Yeah, like they yeah. Membership drives and... Yeah. So they were... So you've got to be able to stick fat sometimes yeah. with, with the direction and that can be hard sometimes when you're not getting success on the field yeah. um, because it's a fine line then between, oh, the members come in and they want to vote the board out versus we start having a few victories on the field and all of a sudden then it starts to turn and then you start to get some success and that long-term plan that you've put in place is now starting to get to fruition. So it's it's a long-term thing. It's, it's And that's what you want your board doing is looking yep. long-term. It's got to be yeah. vision. Yeah. And sometimes they can see the little green shoots in a player doing this or just not different, not dissimilar to the under-15s where... You see a couple of things that they try and don't come off, but they've tried to make that pass yep. or they've tried to follow the game plan or for five minutes of a game, it clicked. And you go, yeah, we're on the right track. Supporters are screaming you down because you've lost by 80 points again. But um, yeah. and, it, and it can turn. Uh, we're watching Port Adelaide and Essen at the moment. Now, Port Adelaide have had Koshy at the helm for a, a long time now, yep. but there wasn't too long ago that... It was Koshy and, and, and Hinkley were gone. Yep. Now, all of a sudden, they're sitting on top of the ladder course, yeah. um, and a pretty good tilt at a flag. Yeah. So Again, it can turn quickly. They've stuck fat. Yeah. Yeah, but they're actually yeah, praying there's a, a major breakout of COVID in uh, Queensland because they'll get a grand final as well. <laughs> yeah. Grand final, yeah. yeah. So but once you've you got the board right, what's next? I reckon it's your, your coaches and... Your structure around those coaches, not your operations. <coughs> well, Would you the, oper- the op- operations is a structure around the coaches. I mean, so what are the key roles? Leave like marketing aside. That's about generating revenue, and it all feeds in because you got to generate revenue to have nice facilities and and all that sort of stuff. But this is talking just a football team. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. So, what are the key roles in that coaching team? Obviously, oh, yeah, the head, yeah, coach, head coach. Obviously, head coach. so what would be the things you'd be looking for in a head coach? Again, standards, accountability, and man management, <coughs> communication. Yeah, well that yeah. that sort of 
And they've all got their own styles, but I don't know that your drill sergeant works these days. You no, might have twenty the highway or, yeah. your, or your your yeller. Your yeah, yeah. You yeah. see yeah. Hardwick though at times. I, I've seen him in a few weeks ago. Was a quarter time. I can't remember. If it was a th- might have been the third quarter. He ripped into the players and that's, turned them. That's around. every week, isn't it? Yeah. Actually, for him. So yeah. there is play. There is coaches that can get away with. Oh, it. I reckon yeah. every coach needs to give the team a bake every now and again. Rocket Heat used to do it all yeah. the time, but you do it too a successful coach. But, yeah. yeah, but you, you can go over and I mean horse Longmire when uh, only mm. last week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Swan's got seven first seven goals of the game and <laughs> lost. You weren't yep. happy about that, were you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could have heard oh. me cheering from your place. Yeah, yeah, I reckon McCarley ran <laughs> in the bedroom, locked the door, <laughs> <laughs> and the kids. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, yeah. So and and uh, not dissimilar to your chairman, you've got to have a plan and believe in that plan, and and not not flip flop based on what the the current top team is doing because. If you're trying to mimic the top team, by the time you get there, they're, they're doing something else and mm. you're chasing again. I think with a coach, if you're really trying to attract new players to the team eventually as well, quality players, you want to be able to have a coach that's had some success, even if it's as, as an assistant at a lower level, but they've got runs on the board. They've been successful somewhere along the lines. So then when they go, they understand how to to talk that positive language because it's it is an art and if you say you've been at carlton for all these years you're going to have this negative language that you might need to change but if you know if you're recruiting a coach maybe recruiting a carlton one you might say oh i might go for hawthorne or someone else instead well that's what happens it's it's people are in the in the successful clubs the assistant coaches they're the ones that get the the, the head coaches in other clubs because they've been in that in that winning culture environment and they know what that feels like and okay well how do we how do we get that in this new club yeah that I'm going to exactly so they're trying yeah. to build a culture yeah that's I mean Hawthorne pinched um, Clarkson from Port I oh, mean, okay. he was an assistant there um, there's a heap of Hawthorne assistants are now in the yeah, league yeah as well. that, that's right you got Leon Cameron Simpson. Um, Fagan, Stewie Lou, Stewie, Stewie Stew. Dew played for us. He was an assistant under Longmire. Um, uh, Brett Ratton was an assistant coach there. Um, I mean, rugby league, the Canberra dynasty is massive. There's a heap of them. Yeah, yeah, Tim Sheen's yeah spin-offs. Um, mm. and Brisbane had the same too. The, the Lions, you know, the the number of oh, players yeah. that went on to be coaches, yeah, the, the Scott, Scott brothers. brothers and yeah. Boss and yeah. these guys. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, that's what they're so looking for. So it's pretty, pretty yeah. normal, isn't it? Really? Yeah. 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 Yeah, so it's that experience. But it's then having someone also, the head coach, who's got the humility to know that he needs, he can't do it all. He needs some good people around him. So he's not afraid to, Trent Robertson at the Roosters having Craig Fitzgibbon, who everyone's mm. chasing, not not being scared, Michael Checker's in there now, um, oh, yeah. to... To say this is about us all pushing forward, um, yep. a bit like Clarkson taking Ratton on. Yep. Ratton had been a head coach at Carlton. You know, some coaches would go, oh. and he's <laughs> and taken Bolton straight back on too, yeah, which was yeah. that was interesting. You know, they obviously work really well. You should together. always have someone that's you know potentially your predecessor, because your, your successor. successor, sorry, yeah. because 
at the end of the day, you want them challenging your way of thinking. Because if they just think like you, you don't get any better. Yeah, dude. Not white hair. I'm not talking about white hair. I was going to say, does Mary McGregor want Shane Flanagan there? Interesting they let him go. Well, Griffin did in a hurry. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. which is interesting. Yeah, you're right. I I think the the up-and-coming coaches got to have their own style. Definitely, and and we're watching this game here, Port Adelaide and Essendon. It's a Essendon is a really interesting case because the the reins are just about to be passed on to, um, is it the truck? That's what they call him. Yeah, um, um, uh, no, no, uh, yeah, from Adelaide he played yeah, fullback. No, anyway, just about to pass the reins across from um, Warsfold, who's mm. been there, just about to pass the reins on. Now, that club's not. Going that well at the moment. They've got an issue potentially with Joe oh, Danaher yeah. and the contract thing. They've recruited oh, some yeah. big name players from GWS, you know, Devin Smith and and these guys, and they're still not making the eight. So there's a problem there. And he's he's gonna come in and take the reins and he's gonna have to change something straight away. If he does exactly the same as what Warsfeld's doing, um More potentially of the same. how long do you how, he could he could be the first coach that goes in the first six, seven weeks. Imagine if they don't win a game <laughs> in the first six, seven weeks. He's gone. No. Potentially. Because well, that's potentially. one of the, they're one of the biggest clubs in Melbourne yeah. and the, the supporters won't put up with it. Well, so so he's nearly on a high to nothing early. unless yeah. he does change something. Yeah. It's a bit like Nick's at, at Adelaide. He's come in. Yep. Well, there's one of them there, Shield. Uh, uh, after an absolute debacle... Since the 2017 grand final, yep. they've been a, the biggest basket case ever. Yep. Winless until the last couple of weeks. This is a hard season to judge it on because of the COVID, the travel, the five day breaks versus ten day breaks, and whatever else. But is is he sticking to what he thought and starting to see some benefit at the back end of the season? Mm. That's that's it's always a and I've coached a fair bit. The, it is when you start out of the season. If you're going well, it's easy to keep your formula going and your beliefs and all that. But when things go bad, you either adapt and change, or you stick the course. And it's really a, it is a difficult conversation with your own self to say which way do I go. And it, it, it's it's really only experience that tells you which way works and which way doesn't. Or Sometimes you've got to consider the team you have, so the strengths you have within your team. Yep. So it's a tough one. Ben Rutten was the one that, we were, that I was thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Um, and that was what you're talking about there is I think that was the problem with the Brendan Bolton at Carlton, that he had this game plan and he was just going to stick with that game plan. That was it. And he wouldn't listen to the assistant coaches mm. that, oh, you know, I don't think... And the first thing that... T- so when he was gone, the first thing that T came in, he brought the experience... Back into the midfield, so he brought Murphy back in. He brought, um, uh, um, not Cripps, um, the other on board there. Anyway, he brought them back in, brought the hard nuts in and said, guys, I just want you to play, just and freed them up. Yeah. And yeah. all of a sudden Stop they started winning here. games, you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. it was it was more so, guys, you've got to enjoy your football. Mm. That's number one thing. Yeah. Um, and then, and the game plan didn't suit the players in the Style. positions that they yeah. had and all that, because it, coming off the back of a Hawthorne game plan that, 
yeah, that had been developed over years and years, and they had the With players. The yeah. 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 And, and that's and like I think that in the rugby league, you look at the Bulldogs, they haven't really adapted, they haven't changed their style. They're still playing the style three years ago, you know, where the forwards were handling the ball too much. Yeah, and it's James a defensive, Graham. it's a yeah. defensive style play too. Yeah. I mean, that's probably what Pay was trying to implement, you know, from back yeah. when he was playing as well, but, yeah. which is outdated now. But yeah. um, it, well, defensive style play is not outdated, and every AFL team is huge on defense. Like it. League, AFL, there's, they'll tell you. There's the times, though, where you've got to slide and not rush up and all that sort of stuff. So you've I got to adapt your defence. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting to um, – I was just going to say, with play, what about players? So they, we've talked about the board, we've talked about the, the coaching. What about the players? What sort of players I'll, I'll do you be need? So, well – If we are building a list. It's not so much what sort of players you need because, as you said before, that like there's a thousand ways to skin a cat and – there's places for um, Caleb Daniel in the AFL and there's places for Shane Mumford. It's like the short, the tall, the big, the strong. The you know, do you go down the Sydney Swans pathway then, like the you know the Bloods culture, stuff that they talk about? So there was, they, they recruited the type of person rather than the player. Oh, I, think, I think that's big. I think that's certainly Sean yep. Bergon we've been talking a bit about today, but that was... Very much what um, the the Hawks did with him. You still have to have talent, though. You still have to have it. Yeah, I, Tal- oh, at that no level, you're, you're not going to make it. it. You get a heart and soul player who might be bottom four out of your twenty-two, but I'm thinking for the Hawks, um, Matt Spanger, um, or. You the, can't have a the, team of those guys, no, no. but you've got to have yeah, um, one or two of them. If you've got the talent. If you've got one of those guys. the other ones too, that's yeah, why. Yeah, yeah. And you've got one of those guys busting their ass that all of a sudden they're telling your talent. Your talent's looking at them going, well, bloody hell, if he's doing that, yeah, I better pull my finger out. Yep. Um, yep. What's interesting for me, though, is the, the, the big argument is, and I've got mates who have blown a top because Hawthorne, have traded for players not drafted and they want to go to the draft, it's do you draft or do you trade in players? Mm. So you and I had this discussion before we came on here and it's it's a combination of both and it depends it on the list that you've got. So yeah. they, they look at it and you say, well, you know, we're, let's, we're rebuilding a list. Who are our five to ten year players? They're the guys that we've got to build the team around. Okay, what position do those guys play? What are their strengths? What are we missing? What are we yep. missing in our side then? Uh, you know, we need a full forward, a uh, centre-half back, we need whatever that be, a gun yep. midfielder. Okay, well, we haven't got in, that in the team at the moment, so we've already pencilled in the guys we're going to keep. We've already pencilled in the potential of the guys that we're moving on. Now, if that's half the list, that doesn't happen in one season. That happens no. over two, three, four seasons because you can only move so many guys out and so many guys yeah, in. Yeah, Rugby time. league's a little bit different because they can just, even if they're contracted, <laughs> they just move them <laughs> on. Move they them do. In mid-season. Yeah, yeah, mid-season. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, whereas rules takes a lot longer to actually achieve what you're yeah. looking to. So you're looking at a longer-term plan. So you, you sit in there and you're going, okay, well, uh, I know who we need. Who's actually 
currently out there that's performing Available. at the right at the right age bracket mm. because if it's a if it's a longer term plan, you don't want the thirty two year old, you want the twenty two year old. Unless he's Sean Burgoyne can't Unless play till he's forty. So that, is there anyone currently out there that we would be prepared to trade a draft pick for or one or two of these other players that we know are not going to be around to get that person in? Yeah. And then, no, that person's not out there. Well, we've got to go to the draft. We're going to try and find that yeah. person. So you're actually trying to build that list around the core group of players that you know are going to be there long term. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't know how they do it, but that's it, I, I'd reckon I, it's I something think, like that. I think that's all that's all that's legit. But the, the challenge will always be as where does the club's board see itself and how far ahead? So if, for example, let's pick your club, Carlton, they, their vision might be, and it has been for the last few years, a longer term plan. Last few years. Two years into a 25-year <laughs> rebuild. 25-year <laughs> rebuild. So uh, I think it's Sam Walsh. I mean, he's a perfect mm. example of a long-term strategy. Yep. Whereas if it was Collingwood, the, the, the expectation is greater and it's quicker. They, they don't have time. The, the, the expectation is now not in five years' time. Yep. So it depends on what club you're at. It's, yeah, it's, it's a, the ability yeah. to identify where you sit in the cycle is huge, and it's and it's not it's not to say that you can't go out and recruit the thirty two year old. It depends what you're wanting from that thirty two year old. I mean, Eddie Betts is the perfect example of that. Yeah. So why did why did David Teague and the recruiting staff bring him in? Well, it's it's to to bring you know a, 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 teach the young guys a level of pressure in the forward line mm. and and. Get the members on board because the members have been kicked from Bill and Paul for let twenty him go, years. Actually. They should never let. Well, that was a yeah. Malthouse thing. Your bloke. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's from West Coast. So to try because that, that excites the membership. So he's he's yeah. been brought in for a. It, it's not for the long term success. It's, it's for some short term. Put some some um, you know get the level. Well, of, they were looking for experience, weren't they? As well around the yeah, younger guys. They're looking, yeah, and yeah. Uh, to get the, the their level up. What's expected at the top level because he's been one of the the best small forwards in the game, um, and to get the members excited and uh, like he'll be he might they might he might get one more year out of him but that's he's achieved probably what they wanted to. Stewie Dew with the Hawks in two thousand and eight, one season I think he was. Yeah, turned on a third quarter on the last day of the year in yep. beat Geelong. That's sometimes those older guys. Are just what you need at that time. And he Sean, always looked too big yeah. to play, didn't he? He looked too sure fast. Big boy. <laughs> he ate something. But Sean Burgoyne, he's not there because Hawthorne's going to win year, a flag next year. What? He's there. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> he's Fair there. I mean, they can't We're shift finished. all the experienced guys on, but... Um, but he's there to develop the next he's level. there to... Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. I did some research during the week. I had a look at the sure. last... last. <laughs> you reckon? Five... Um, <laughs> Five premiership teams mm. and Richmond won twice. So we've got four teams to look at. And so tell us who those teams are. The Bulldogs fans aren't going to be real happy with me because <laughs> I'm. I'm so the Bulldogs, yeah. the Lions, is it? Which AFL? I was looking that upside down. I thought you had Lions at the top. Uh, 
Stick so, to the Formula yeah. One photo. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't think they'd won, but I thought I read it on top of your page. Richmond, West Coast. Yeah. Uh, Richmond won 17 as well. Uh, Bulldogs in 16 and the Hawks in 2015. What's that say there? Is that the Brisbane Lions? No. Sorry. That's just girls' handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Uh, okay. We're into the second yeah. hour now. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so... You look at those lists. They literally are <laughs> past the hour mark. The, um, the, the Bulldogs were, I think, probably the weakest of those four sides. If, if you're going to pick two sides to play a grand final out of those four, it would have been the 15 Hawks and the 19 Tigers, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Um, so what your list is going to look like, and this is interesting where people can say, go the draft, go the draft, as Carlton have and Melbourne have, and your list going to have... Uh, 19, there were, Richmond had five imports, West Coast had six imports in 18, and the Hawks had seven imports in, so mm. you're going to have six or seven that you've traded for. You're going to have nine, Richmond had nine first rounders, West Coast had seven first rounders, and the Hawks had 10 first rounders. So you're going to be up around that eight or nine first round picks. Of those first round picks, though, Richmond traded for three of them and took six of them themselves. West Coast traded for two and took five themselves. Hawthorne traded for four and took six self. So somewhere, somewhere around a third of your top your first round picks in your team are going to be traded in, and two thirds you'll you'll pick up at the draft, and then you'll have five. Richmond had five top uh, top ten picks. West Coast had two, and the Hawks had five top ten picks. So you've got to get that's the cream, the, right? The, the pointy the yeah. to the pointy end of the draft. Yeah. Mm. But like you were saying before. How you get to that point in the draft doesn't matter so much. Yeah. Um, interesting. I, I didn't do the research on it. Um, th- and I guess there's one other thing, though, with the draft is that's pushing people to trading is it's compromised by the academies now. Like this year, 14 of the top 40 draft picks will probably be academies or father-sons, which other clubs so Hawthorne yeah. at the moment sitting at third draft pick might end up at sixth. Um, so that's oh, I'd be interested to see the the positions that get drafted because it feels like midfielders get drafted high. Oh, they they and then you tend to bring in your Brian Lakes or your David Hales or your Jack Gunstons or well, you um, need you need ten or twelve midfielders. Your Tom Lynch's that's the yeah, problem. So yeah. quick. So yeah. they, they well, bring in at the, not the other ends. Um, yeah, they the rotate thing. them off the bench and they rest them in the back line or the forward line and rotate them through the midfield and on the wing. So they you got to have the utility there. I, I, I'm really I watched a whole game during the week like I replayed. What? Yeah, did you? I, I I only did it to see what. The style was like because I used to like the free open style game. Then the the league changed where you know the forward lines are starting to pressure the ball and all that, and it was like a basketball game in a row, like in a way it's zoning in. in well, the they last recruit year, so many basketballers too. Yeah, yeah but the style like, it was like a zone press that we were doing basketball. Yeah, 
And now, though, this, and they're still doing it now, but the, the, the score lines and the, 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 the lack of flow is oh, not the, there. It's the, just the, really, really it's bad. 16 minute quarters is a, it's not, it's is not, a debacle. Yeah, it's not, it's not been good this year. Nah. Ah, so I've been, yeah, I mean, I still watched it, but it was. People like high scoring games. Yeah, and, that's you know, a bit of, that was a point of difference, wasn't when it? You, when it's 35 to 37 at the end of the game, that's, you know, yeah, close game, yeah. but Everyone it's likes. not. Good to watch. It's uh, the the eighty nine grand final where it's one hundred and forty to one hundred yeah, yeah, yeah. and thirty uh, eight. But the kicking it was the thing that I and the uh, and the handballing it seemed to be a lower standard as well. I thought there's more pressure. Yeah, there's more it's pressure the around, the ball. around the ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell me, um, talking about trade and and so forth, Basher Hooley, who did he get drafted by? Oh, I would have said Richmond. That I so would I. He didn't, obviously. No. Essendon. Yeah, right. Oh, that's who he got drafted by and then yeah. traded. Yeah. Did he play? How many first grade games did he play for Essendon? Oh, I don't know that, but I do know he got drafted by Essendon. Okay. So he was a trade in, and that goes to that. Oh, it feels to me like you draft your midfielders, you get them going, which Carlton have done. Um, I mean, I'm watching you, you Carlton. Fill up I think they look at Richmond, Tom Lynch. Asher Hooley. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm hoping, uh, quietly hoping Carlton start turn, turning things around because it would be great to see them and Collingwood or whatever play in the... Because it was always a, a great thing of the 80s, wasn't it, Carlton mm. and Collingwood grand finals? Kel? Which, you know? which 80s did you live through? Hawthorne were in every grand final from 83 to the end of the 80s. It well, must have been early 80s then. <laughs> Carlton, <laughs> Richmond, Carlton won three. Yeah, Richmond and 80, Carlton played in some. 87... They're in a few. Who? Carlton. Yeah, yeah, they won three in the 80s. When did yeah. they play Collingwood in grand finals? Must uh, have been just before that. 1880s. That's what he's <laughs> talking about. Oh, God, I'm sorry, mate. We missed you. <laughs> and, uh, at this point, this is where I tell Kelly has to, this is the point where I tell Kelly has to ride his own freaking bike home. <laughs> we must be nearly up to bed of the week, are we? Yeah, we are up to bed of the week. We're here to wrap this up. So I thought this was my way done as well. I was going to go Raiders into the Titans, but I realised that they've already played. Uh, so we'll go Titans into the Roosters. Axel, wait for you to get up. You know, JWH is out, and uh, Boy Cordner may be out. Yeah, but very, know. very sad. Still, very sad. But so is Ponga. We've got 177 in the tab account, and there's some pressure on this week because we've, we've had, had two in a row. We've two had a couple of wins, and uh, pretty sure that Can Cotto, we get the odds has up? Cotto actually won one. Yeah, yet, I've won one. Oh, I won the first one. Yeah, it was the so, Wink, so Wink Collingwood Stakes in the 80s, and all those. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Collingwood won premierships in the 80s too, actually. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just because you've won one doesn't mean anything. So right, what are we going? I'm going to go... Uh, the Roosters at $1.06. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, but I'm going... No, no, the last no. of the big punters. Gold Coast. <laughs> $1.06. We've only got a certain amount of time on this podcast. We're up into the four hours already. No, I was going Gold Coast into, into, and into the Roosters. Can we do that? Gold Coast. That ain't closed off. Oh, it's already started. Oh, yeah, like you didn't know that. Uh, <laughs> like it didn't go. All right, let's go. Roosters into Melbourne. Oh, we're up to a dollar. And then three. into Warriors. Warriors over oh, Cowell at yeah. 235. He doesn't yeah. want to win one all year. There you no. go. I have won one. What one did you win? The first one. Did you? Yeah. All right, we're at uh, two, Honestly, 269. There you go. Warriors are going to bring it on, hopefully. Done. Righto, gentlemen.
Kel, get on your bike, you're riding over today. <laughs> After that. Alrighty. See you. Thanks, See you gents. Thanks. Bye. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Three Grams in a Mic podcast. Don't forget to connect with them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.